Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts, a live bi-weekly show to help you know what to do and what's new in digital marketing for 2021 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading experts. and welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Startups Ask the Experts. I'm your host, Marissa Morgan, and on behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, I want to welcome you to today's show. Today's topic is innovation and why innovation is the key to creating competitive advantage for any business now and into 2022 and beyond. I will introduce you to our very special guest in just a moment, but before I do that, I do want to remind you that after every guest expert's interactive talk, I always share an interactive piece of news or a digital marketing trend at the end of every show. I want to make sure that you stick around for that. You don't want to miss it. And a quick reminder that we are a live interactive talk. We're, we're simulcast right now to LinkedIn Live, to Facebook, also on YouTube. So if you are watching us live from wherever you are, we are a global show, I want to remind you to drop us a note. Let us know where you're joining us from. And if you have any questions for our guest expert today, feel free to leave those in the comment section below. All right, before we get started, if you have never heard of Engage, you're missing out. Engage is the world's only free forever suite of premium software uh, tools to help you grow and scale your business. We are a cloud-based platform and you can check us out at engage.com. That's N-G-A-G-G-E.com. And if you can't tell, we took our company name from a play on the word engage because we all know that really creating that competitive advantage Creating relationships with customers, creating loyal customers is all about engaging with them. And the key to engaging with your customers, as we've been learning during our weekly series here, the key is engaging with your customers where they are, whether that is on Facebook, whether that is through email or through your website. You want to be where your customers are. And it's important that you, A, figure that out first. And then I think we'll learn today you need to be innovative, right? With how you communicate with them. You can use our tools to help you do that. And if you're interested in creating content, we know right now that content is the number one way to really engage with unlimited leads. We can help you do that as well. If you're interested in starting your own podcast or live stream, give us a call. Let us help you. EngageLive.com is the website you should check out. We have a great program that we've put together. We can either teach you how to set up and start your own live stream or podcast, or we can do it for you. Two different options. Check out EngageLive.com after today's show for more information on our Engage Live program. And continue to reach out to customers, generate leads, create relationships, and build a loyal customer base that will give you your competitive advantage over your competitors. Okay, without further ado, I want to introduce you to today's special guest. Her name is Carla Johnson, and she is joining us this morning live from Denver, Colorado. 
Carla is a global keynote speaker, a best-selling author, and, an, and a recognized marketing and innovation strategist. Having lived and worked and studied on, so impressively, five continents, she's partnered with top brands and conferences to train thousands of people on how to rethink the work that they do and the impact they can have. Her visionary expertise has inspired and equipped leaders at all levels to embrace change, welcome new ideas, and transform their business. And her work with many Fortune 500 companies and brands have served as the foundation for many of her books. Ten books. Ten books Carla has authored. And her tenth, Rethink Innovation, busts the myth that innovation is something that requires a specific degree or special training. In fact, Carla explains why to be a successful company in today's hyper-competitive, customer-driven world, innovation must be everyone's business. And that's what she's here to help us understand today. Consistently named one of the top influencers in her field, Carla regularly challenges conventional thinking, and today she's teaching people around the world how to cultivate idea-driven teams that breed unstoppable creativity and game-changing innovation. Please help me welcome Carla Johnson today as our guest expert. Carla, welcome to today's show, Digital Marketing Intelligence for Startups. Thank you. It's so nice to be here, Marissa, and this is just a fun aspect, a fun lens to look at innovation. So I'm excited about our conversation today. I'm excited too. Thank you so much for giving us some of your valuable time. Uh, five continents you've lived on, teached on. Now we can add digital marketing intelligence uh, right. to your resume of shows that you have appeared on. And you really are, I'm, I'm, I feel good saying this, you really are the innovation expert. And your 10th book, would you like to share with us a little bit about what you're diving into in, in the 10th book, because at the end of the show, we'll share how our audience can find that book. And today we'll talk through some of what's in that book, but give us an idea of what that book really dives into. Absolutely. And so my book here, I'll show you the cover here, Rethink Innovation. And um, one of the things I want to point out is just how the title is laid out. And it's about regarding how we think about innovation. And there's so many stereotypes and, and ways that we're trained and we have as a habit about how we think about innovation. We think that it's a responsibility of one particular group. We think that you have to have specific experiences or skills or training or things like that to be an innovator. And really when we look at innovation from that lens, we miss a huge opportunity. And in fact, 90% of innovation happens outside of a traditional product and service line innovation development group. So if that's the case, how do we take advantage of all of this low hanging fruit in the other 90% of the organization, whether that's a startup or a company that's been around for a long time and has areas that are looking to behave like a startup? Well, one thing that we have to do is, as you mentioned, Marissa, look at how we can make innovation everybody's business. And that's why I really like the whole idea behind Engage, because there's so much that we've, that we've shifted from. We know that business is no longer just about transactions. And so we've shifted from transactions to interactions, you know, looking at how to make things more personalized and making it two-way that I think really even the innovation opportunity that we have before us now is to move from interactions into true engagement that I think a lot of companies are really still struggling with. 
I agree on that thought because one thing we always bring up is that customers don't connect with brands, they connect with people. And it's very important as a company to think about your product, to think about your services, and to think about what you're offering as your customer. Figure out what that customer persona is. Get into their shoes because only then can you really ask yourself, am I truly, you know, fixing a problem that they have? Am I really giving them a solution? Is my website really good in terms of, you know, getting the eyeballs and getting the interaction on it? Or do I just think it's good because I, I created it, right? And it's my photos, right? We, we all have this kind of uh, partial lens that we see through when we evaluate our own, uh, our own existence. So I think uh, innovation is obviously a big part of not only how you create your marketing strategy and uh, the way that you're going to interact with your um, customer or a potential lead, but, you know, from a digital marketing standpoint, right? And as we kind of move through this digital marketing evolution, of course, innovation has to be a huge part of your digital marketing strategy as well. That's true. And with innovation, one thing I want to point out is that it doesn't have to be about completely disrupting everything that you're already doing with your digital marketing program. And in fact, I talked to plenty of CMOs who say, you know, we don't have time for innovation because we're so busy getting the work done. And it's not about stopping everything that you're doing now, overhauling it and restarting it with something completely new, <clears throat> with something completely new. Really, innovation is about looking for opportunities. And there's lots of people who define uh, innovation in a lot of different ways. But I, I define it as the ability to consistently, that's an important word, come up with new, great, and reliable ideas. And when we look at that simple definition, definition, it almost seems too simple to have an impact. But if we look at each of those words and understand a new idea, again, doesn't have to be something totally disruptive. It could just be something that you take from another industry and apply it into your own industry. One of my favorite examples is how McDonald's took the idea of how a Formula One pit stop was laid out and use that as the inspiration for they for how they laid out their drive-through um, for their restaurants. Was it absolutely completely new? No, but it was new to the fast food industry. You look at an idea that's great, and that's one of those ideas, Marissa, that I know you and I have had it, where you look at um, how, are, how are ideas coming across? And is it an idea that truly inspires and delights you and, and kind of makes you jealous that you didn't think of that idea yourself? And then the third characteristic is a reliable idea. And that's one that has a financial impact that you can actually implement and do something with. And then when it gets to innovation, it's the, it's the ability to consistently come up with ideas that have all three of these characteristics. And I think when we look at these opportunities, there is so much that marketers can do, especially in this digital world, to really be innovative in small increments that add up to having a huge impact, especially when we look at how much has changed in the last 18 months or two years with, with this whole industry. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, that was a great example with McDonald's and I'm never going to go through a fast food drive through again without putting on a fake race car helmet and imagining I'm part of NASCAR. That's so cool. I, you, you brought up a good point too. Lots of small changes, um, pivots, 
um, improvements over a long period of time do add up to big changes. So I think, uh, as you mentioned, innovation doesn't have to be scary, even though it's a very big, broad word. You did a great job breaking it down into an easy to understand definition, consistent, reliable. What was the third word? New, great, and reliable ideas. New, great, and yeah. reliable. And being able to consistently deliver ideas that have all three of those characteristics. That makes complete sense. Well, let me share with our audience, if you're watching us live right now, I'm going to put a uh, outline up on the screen for you to kind of walk you through the main talking points that Carla is going to share with us today. Uh, if you're watching the replay, absolutely, you'll be able to see that. If you're listening live on the podcast, I'll also read through this for you as well. Carla is going to share with us why innovation is the key to creating competitive advantage for any business. Great time of year to talk about this, Carla, as we're about to get into a brand new year. People are getting excited about the changes in digital marketing, about you know social marketing, influencer marketing. People are excited that the world is opening back up. So let's talk about if startups are innovative, why isn't there marketing? I like that. Let's talk about where do great or consistent ideas come from? How do you differentiate between great, crazy, and copycat ideas and the framework for great ideas that deliver results? So we did really focus this last um, quarter on talking about ideas that pertain to startups. So I love that you wanted to share with us thoughts you had on startups being innovative why isn't their marketing being innovative? Share with us your experience on that uh, topic. And it seems like um, conflicting ideas here that you have this really innovative startup and, and that's why leaders and CEOs and entrepreneurs go out and start up a new company is because they have this idea. They know there's a customer they can serve that isn't being served. And they have this passion for doing things differently and, and helping you know, customers in whatever way, shape, or form that they can. But the interesting thing is when leaders have these startups and they're very open to new ideas, open to doing things differently, what do they tend to do but hire marketers that have experience? They need to bring those marketers in to do the things that haven't been done before in their organization. So essentially what I see happening in many startups is that they're bringing people in who have that traditional corporate experience, which can be good because if you're going to scale, you need to understand efficiency and effectiveness. But what you also get is a habit of how to approach marketing, how to approach the digital journey and digital experience. And oftentimes these marketing people who come in to a startup want to do things the way that they've already always done them. And so if you're looking at here's this startup that's highly innovative, yet you're bringing a marketing organization that at least in the beginning has a lot to do with creating the face and the voice of the company, what you have is almost a situation where the marketing group can take the company backwards or hold them back from moving as fast as they could possibly, because what they're wanting to do is put into place things that have already been done. And they're not as willing to try new things, different things, innovative things as the people who started the company in the beginning. Interesting. Well, let me ask you a question then. How do we fix that? You know, <laughs> and that's where it's really important. And, and it kind of leads to the second question about where yeah. do you consistently get to the to great ideas and, and where do they come from? 
And I think one of the things that I've that I've seen as I researched my book about rethink innovation is digging into the process that the most successful, most prolifically innovative people all around the world follow. And it turns out that they all followed a process, whether they realized it or not. Hmm. And that's that they're able to be highly observant of the world around them. So they will notice another situation, maybe another brand, another industry, if we look at that McDonald's Formula One example. Hmm. And they're really observant of, of what's going on over there. And that sparks some ideas in their own head. So one of the terms that we hear when it comes to creativity and innovation is the ability to connect the dots. And really, mm -hmm. that's a powerful part of innovation, however or wherever we apply it, is understanding what inspires us as people, because we're people just like our customers are people. And mm -hmm. what excites us, what captures our attention, what we find interesting, truly interesting, not just because we're paid for it, to do a campaign for our job, but what we really find interesting and delightful as a person, there's probably something behind that that our customers will find too. And I think that's one of the most powerful things to understand about where great ideas come from is everything all around us in the world around us. Now that could be a coffee shop, it could be a beach, it could be the doctor's office, it could be any sort of things in our regular life or perhaps you do something completely new that you've never done before. And, and, you know, it's just like when you go someplace for the first time and the first time you have that kind of experience, your, your senses are highly alert and you notice every little detail. Mm -hmm. Those are all great opportunities as, as fodder to begin to create those dots that you'll come back and, and connect the dots to come up with those great ideas. You said one thing that I really, really agree with. And that was people basically want to, and actually kind of just had like a, a moment here. I just totally forgot what I was saying, but it's <laughs> along the lines of, you said something about people want to connect with you. I believe that's what you said, or people want to mm -hmm. know more about you. I think you said something like that. Yeah. Um, on a, on a, on a, on a, as a person. A, there you go. Yeah. You said something people want to connect with the person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that I think has really changed so much, especially in the last year, is the ability for brands and companies and businesses to actually show potential leads and, and, and their customers who they are as people because of these opportunities to Zoom, to be a guest on a podcast, to start your own podcast, to do a live stream, to do a, a, an interview and create some content and then get that content out to where you know your customer is. Um, these are opportunities that are happening so much faster because of the year and a half, two years that we've had and the circumstances. But um, I'm hearing so many stories about people who have really become loyal customers of a brand because once the CEO, you know, got on, on, on the air on a podcast or was interviewed for a piece of content that then was distributed, people really resonated with who the CEO was or who the creator of that startup was. And they were passionate about similar things. And voila, this, this loyal fan base, this loyal relationship is born that had we not had these amazing digital opportunities and had people not been innovative with their digital opportunities, that that would have been something that never would have ever happened. Yeah, it's really true. And it, it reminds me, gosh, this was at least 20 years ago in the film industry, 
when we think about Hollywood films and what really makes it at the box office, it's big budgets, it's well-written script, it's A-list actors and um, high quality production. And then here comes this group who had essentially a camcorder and an idea and eighty thousand dollars, and they created the Blair Witch Project. I knew you were going there. Yeah, I knew it. and like, it's, it's, it's Blair like, Witch. This, this is our Blair Witch opportunity. Mm-hmm. Is that we have this ability now to to you know have people see things in their real life, and in that situation, people couldn't tell was this scripted or was this a real life thing. And that's the same same thing is that we don't have this ability to put our executives forward. And I think an appetite and willingness to do it while we could have done it before. I think there was always this hesitation and this feeling that an executive still needed to be kept at arm's length, needed to be formal, needed to be very, you know, executive like, but right now it's the empathy and the compassion and the humanness of people at every level that really creates that bond, that engagement between a customer and a brand, because these are important decisions that are being made right now. And and it's no, no less important in a startup environment. And if what you're wanting to do is to serve a community, not just sell products to a customer, then you have to have that emotional attachment. You have to have that emotional connection between the people who are inside the company, whether it's the executive, whether it's the people developing the products, you know, how you tell that story. It's more important now than it's ever been. And and we look at that content and it's the content that builds that relationship. Let me ask you, Carla, when you work with some of these Fortune 500 brands, um, some of these executive leaders, what are some of the specific issues that you see them, you know, dealing with that you feel innovation, you know, is a is a is really the answer? Are, Are there like issues that they deal with that are kind of similar across the board? Are they feeling stuck? Do they feel like, like you said, they've got a marketing team that doesn't communicate with other teams, right? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, what are some of the, really the mainstream issues you feel like your clients are are working to, to help you solve for them? Yeah, you bet. And I would say that there's three common ones. Okay. The first one is that they can't get people on their team to contribute ideas. Hmm. And, and most of this is because we have been taught for, you know, unless you're an executive or a certain type of executive, we've essentially been taught learned helplessness. And now when you look at that in a company of any size, now you have it at scale and it's very hard to be innovative. So here's an employee base who has been told the executives, your boss, whoever, somebody, the innovation team has the answers and you don't. And so this learned helplessness comes in, you know, shows itself as in well, I'm not the expert, that's what they do, or I don't have the right degree, background experience, that's what my boss, the executives have, and so I'm I'm not going to contribute. And then you create this entire culture of people who are just waiting to be told what to do. And when you look at this last two years that we've been in, we have this incredible opportunity for everybody to be an innovator and to be able to identify opportunities as they come up, to be able to solve problems in the moment, However, this entire culture has been created where employees are saying, well, I I don't know. I don't I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if I have permission. So that's the first one is is people have been taught not to contribute. Now, the second one is that along that line, if they are allowed or do believe that they contribute, they're 
for the most part, very linear thinkers. It's this happened, then this happened, then this happens, then this happens. But we know what happens when you're thinking linearly is that something always comes in at an angle and disrupts what we thought what was going to happen. Well, then now if you're a linear thinker, you don't know how to handle that. So what they also are looking for help on is how do we get people to be more creative and look at situations from many different angles, to see opportunities, to see how to solve problems in different ways, to understand how to take inspiration from other experiences, other industries, anything else that's going on, so that we're able to solve problems faster and much, much better. So that problem doesn't reiterate itself or rear its head you know, down the line. And then the third thing is creating an environment in which people are um, allowed to not have things turn out perfectly the first time. So that's a long way of saying, you know, essentially fail. But I don't like to use the word failure because I think one of the greatest gifts that companies who are truly innovative have is that they understand it's just part of the process. It's not about success or failure. It's about learning. And many environments that are successful, they take the time out to do um, retrospectives, to stop and pause and say, okay, what really worked great there? What made us so successful? You know, that's an outlook that I think is really important to share is to help others avoid maybe some pitfalls by unpacking why something was successful, but also taking the time to break down why didn't it turn out the way we thought it would? And then the more that you can share all of those outlooks and insights and feedback broadly across an organization of whatever size it is, then you have this massive learning brain as an organization where what somebody learns over here quickly becomes a learning over here without the person having to go through the experience. And that's how we get speed to success. And that's how we really are able to scale innovation in a short amount of time. Oh, I can't hear you. I think your mic is muted, Marissa. Correct. Yes. There so you I was go. Talking and I muted my mic. So um, one thing that I think we can take away from what you just shared is this idea that it's always a win when you're trying to empower your employee. And that is something that we've talked about in terms of like a digital strategy. I know a lot of people mm -hmm. when we talk about boosting engagement, you know, increasing your following, increasing your online presence and your network. We talk about how company pages often lack the following that a personal page does. Why? Because we both know, we've already discussed it, people connect with people, not brands or businesses. And um, one of the examples of something that we've shared that you can do to help boost your company page is actually empower your employees to create content. Um, take something that an employee has done and showcase them, right, on your company page and tag them. You know, it's this idea, like you shared, that once you empower your employees and give them the confidence to share their ideas and reward them for that, reward them for trying, even if it doesn't work out perfectly, it is true. You are creating truly a recipe for success because you can not only improve the the company's perspective, right? In, in terms of the eyes of your customers, they're saying, wow, this company really treats their employees so wonderfully, or wow, like this company showcases their employees, they must really value them. You not only increase the company's, you know, 
uh, reputation in the eyes of the customer, but you're also building the the um, your 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 company. You're building your uh, employee morale, and uh, they're well, willing to want to be the employees proud to represent the company. And I think that the more you can create that relationship between the company and the employees, that has to be there first. And it really has to be a strong, trusted relationship before you're ever going to be able to get that engaged relationship between a brand and any customer. Absolutely. Let's move on to talking about differentiating between great, crazy, and copycat ideas. <laughs> can you share with us some examples of you know, your experience uh, with with some of the brands and, and executives you've worked with and how you've steered them to understand the difference between each. Absolutely. And one of the key factors for a great idea is having a clearly articulated objective about the problem that you're looking to solve. Now, not all great ideas show up after a problem has been defined and everybody knows what the problem is. Sometimes they show up and then they're applied to an idea. But in most cases, the, the main characteristic of an idea that's successful is that it's applied against something that the organization or a team or a group has clearly identified as an objective that they're looking to solve. And this is important because many times an employee will go to a boss or to a client and they'll say, I have this great idea. Here's the idea. And that's when it turns into a crazy idea because that boss or that coworker or that client will say, well, how does that even relate to what we're trying to do here? And it may be so envelope pushing, but it's not applicable. So you can have an idea that's very out there, very weird, but it's not necessarily crazy because you have a clear understanding and agreement even between the group working on the idea of what problem there is to solve with that idea. Now we look at the, there's a um, exhibit in Minneapolis for about a month called the Museum of Failure. And it's a traveling exhibit. It's at the Mall of America. So if anybody's in Minneapolis and you're listening, I'd love to know if you've been to see it yet because I'm dying to pop up there and see it. But what they look at is essentially all of these crazy ideas. It's things like when Colgate toothpaste try to make lasagna, you know, that just sounds horrible. It was when Cheetos try to make lip balm and it's just crazy idea after crazy idea that failed because there wasn't a clear purpose and objective about the problem that was trying to be solved. Now, a copycat idea is when somebody sees something that was very successful in another industry, and they literally try and copy and paste that into their own work. And the reason that doesn't work, and it looks like a copycat idea, is because it's not the idea itself that made it so successful. It was the elements behind it that clearly related to the customer, to the audience, to the community that they were serving, that that resonated. You know, that's back to engagement and, and empathy for your customer. And so it's not hard to go from copycat and crazy into completely, genuinely a great idea. But you have to understand the nuances and the elements that keep you out of the fringes and into the core area of why you're looking for that idea and what it is you're wanting to accomplish and problems you're looking to solve or opportunities to take advantage of because of that idea. Kind of takes us right back to that uh, McDonald's example. Yes, the NASCAR kind of pit stop situation 
works for a drive-through when you tweak it to truly work within the framework of what you're trying to achieve. Right? Exactly. Like if they had copied and pasted it, that would have been a disaster because people would be pulling into McDonald's drive-thrus at 120 miles an hour. That clearly is a recipe for disaster, but that's not what they did. And that, that's why it's worked so well. And their drive-thrus have such an efficient process now because they took inspiration from something that really did work. Absolutely. Well, if we turn this to digital marketing, and I don't want to put you on the spot, Carla, but can you share with us maybe another example or two of innovation, you know, innovation, solving a problem either in the digital industry or in the marketing world, or maybe a problem that was solved with an innovation, you know, that was digital? Is there anything Absolutely. that you can do? So there's a company I work with and it's Sunstar. Many people know them because of the gum brand, the dental health brand. And they have done an amazing job this last five years in looking at their digital transformation journey. And they truly are a company that started from like zero, like not just overhauling what they've done, but literally started from almost no digital platforms. And what they have done has been incredibly innovative in how they approach the relationships that they develop, not just with customers, but with partners and the broader oral health community because of their digital experience that they delivered. Now, they've worked so hard on this. And one of the complicated factors is that they have many different geographic regions. They have many different languages. They have you know, many different type of partner sophistications when it comes to marketing and, and their own digital journeys. But what they found is that the consistency that really helped them truly deliver a phenomenal digital experience is the story that they were telling behind all of this. Now, as they looked at, they could just be talking about, you know, here's some dental floss, here's some toothpaste, here's some toothbrushes, this is how you keep your teeth clean, but that's not what they did. They looked at the entire health journey not just oral health, because oral health underscores everything about physical and also mental health. And so they were in the perfect position when it, when COVID hit, because they had already started to tell this bigger story. They had already built these platforms. They had already built the relationships and, and online communities and online connections. And so they were innovative without even realizing that they were doing exactly what they needed to do to position them during a time when something completely disruptive happens in a market that they weren't able to control. Now, this is a company that continues on their digital transformation journey, but what they have been able to do is understand a cohesive purpose for everybody in the business, not just a marketing and sales team. And they're one of the examples that I love to talk about because they're, they're so willing to continue to learn and understand what's the objective, what's our purpose that we're doing here. And that makes it inter more available and ready to entertain some of those crazy ideas. And they're excellent at avoiding that copy and paste kind of mentality. I would say that example of Sunstar was superb because many people, small startups, um, you know, small to mid-sized businesses, especially were hit very hard when we went through what we went through <clears throat> during the pandemic. And many people were very adamant to dive into the digital piece of connecting, 
People mm -hmm. didn't want to get on Zooms or if they were on a Zoom, they had their camera off, right? Or they weren't thinking that this pandemic would last as long as it has. And the people that have been especially successful now are the people who made the pivot the fastest mm -hmm. and the people who made the pivot looking forward as if that was the new normal from the beginning. Not, okay, I'm going to, you know, kind of take my business that was brick and mortar to an online platform just for the next six while this thing works itself out. Right. It's the, and then we'll go back that, to how things were. <laughs> say that again. And then we'll go back to how things were. They didn't exactly. Do it was the people who said, Oh, this could be the new way of life or, Oh, this is interesting. I've been forced to look at things differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we can all agree that the, leaps and bounds that the digital marketing world is making right now and changes mm -hmm. is happening at lightning speed. And everything that happened with the pandemic is only, you know, creating that, you know, snowball effect where everything goes faster and faster. Influencer marketing is something a year ago that was just baby steps into happening. And now people are creating careers. If you go to LinkedIn and type in influencer marketing, the amount of jobs that come up, you know, right. it, it's incredible. I noticed something too that, you know, makes me chuckle. On LinkedIn now, Carla, under jobs, uh, people literally have to notate if it's an on-site job because we got so used to this idea that, okay, we're in this remote world now. A lot of jobs are going to be remote. It's a change we're making um, that now people have to if they're putting a job post out there, have to literally know, hey, this is an on-site job. You are going to come into an office because so what's our exactly what's our default expectation? What's and our expectation exactly? Exactly. Right? Well, let's end our talk together, Carla, by talking just a little bit about the framework for great ideas and ideas that deliver results. I know that we're going to share how our audience can connect with you, and we'll share your book. But share with us your experience with actually getting results and, and ideas that work. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to our earlier question about where do you consistently come up with or, or find the, the fuel for great ideas? And this is what I spent the last five years digging into, studying sustainably, prolifically successful innovators, those who are able to come up with, you know, big ideas, little ideas in the moment, the people that we look at and go, man, I wish that was my idea. How do they do that all the time? And I know we all know them, whether it's personally on our team or friends or family or people we look at in, in the media or business, but it turns out that they all follow a same process, a similar process, whether they realize it or not. And the first step is what I talked about earlier is that they're highly observant of the world around them. Um, as we look at a, an example of if, you know a startup, a small company who's able to do completely innovative things by paying attention to the world around us. There's the company that started goat to meeting. So they're an, um, an animal visitation place where you could come and see the animals and learn about them and, and how to take care of them and things like that. Well, when COVID hit and there couldn't be any visitations, that was their livelihood that went down the drain. So instead of looking at how people come to them, they looked at how can we go to people and being observant of all of the, the meetings that are going on in Zoom and digital fatigue and looking at what's the opportunity that we have here. What they understood is this second step is distilling all that they had observed. 
So they looked at people's time on Zoom calls, digital fatigue. They wanted something interesting, stimulating, but they couldn't go anywhere. They took that, those patterns that they distilled, and then they did the third step, and that's to relate it into the work that they do. And it's that ability to connect the dots between what you're seeing in the world, the patterns that you identify when you distill things, and then relate it into the work. That's what stopped things from being copycat. And it's also what makes you really highly innovative. And it's then and only then that they start that idea generation process. So had they said before, hey, let's just start selling a service that lets us put our animals on Zoom calls, people would say, that's a crazy idea. But now that they observed things, they distilled patterns, and they took those elements that made sense and related that into their work. They had the foundation for a fantastic idea so that when they did the fifth step, which is to pitch that idea, it didn't sound so crazy. It was aspirational. It was inspirational. It was different, unique, and delightful. And it turns out it was also highly successful. Oh, that warms my heart because I imagine what a lot of animal shelters and different organizations went through, even adoption agencies, right? For, for, For babies and kids. Um, we were forced to pivot and, uh, it makes me really happy to know that many companies have been successful in being innovative and finding a way to, uh, to change things that worked that, 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 like you said, not only worked, but were highly successful. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Carla, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, you are the innovation expert. You've uh, co- you've authored 10 books, your 10th book. We're going to share how our audience can get it. And I'd love to share how our audience can, can connect with you now and in the future. Don't forget, if you're going to connect with a guest from our Engage Digital Marketing Show, always drop them a note. It, always let them know that you saw them on the show um, because not only does that immediately connect the two of you, but it lets them know that you obviously are someone who follows through and right. You, you care about the connection. So connect with Carla Johnson, C-A-R-L-A-J-O-H-N-S-O-N on LinkedIn. You can also visit Carla's website and Carla, for those of, um, those of our guests tuning in, whether it's live or on the replay, what can our audience find specifically on your website? On my website, it's my name, carlajohnson.co. There's no M. I say the CO stands for the great state of Colorado where I live. I have a lot of resources on there. I have a blog that I publish every single week. You'll see interviews with some of the top innovators from around the world. There's tools, there's resources, there's videos to look for. You can find more information about my book, Rethink Innovation, and that's at carlajohnson.co slash rethinkbook. When you buy your copy, there's a field you can put in your order confirmation number, and that will take you a page with many different free downloads that you can access once you've bought your copy of the book. And uh, there's also a contact Carla button. I always love to hear what are your questions, what are your ideas, but I think LinkedIn is also great because I love to continue the conversation. And let me know that you heard you were introduced to me from this interview with Marissa because I always love to know what shows people listen to and, and how they find information that's helpful to them. Thank you so much, Carla, for providing all of your insights today. And you know, the one big takeaway, and this might be obvious to our viewers who know Engage, but the one big takeaway that I've gotten from our talk is 
you and myself and Engage have a lot in common, and that is we are innovative in how we're helping people to solve their pain points and their problems. We're using innovation to help businesses be even more competitive as we head into 2022. Please pick up Carla's book, Rethink Innovation. And if you haven't, go to Engage.com. Check out our free forever. Right now we have 35 plus free forever tools, platform-based, free to help you grow, scale your business, be innovative, connect your team, solve your customers' pain points, and most importantly, engage with your customers where they are, which is a big part of being innovative and doing it, as we shared from Carla, consistently. Consistency is a big part of being innovative. It really is. That's a great point. Thank you so much, Carla. I hope you and your family have a wonderful holiday season this year. And we we all look forward to seeing what we all make happen in the new year in 2022. We'll all that's, be innovative together. That sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to all of your listeners, wherever you are. Thank you so much, Carla. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you. Another fantastic guest here at Engage Digital Marketing Intelligence for Startups, Carla Johnson from Denver, Colorado, our innovation expert, our innovation strategist. Please check her out, Carla Johnson on LinkedIn. And if you've not yet, please go to her website and check out her book. Go to carlajohnson.co forward slash rethink book to learn more about how you can use innovation to grow and scale your business in 2022 and beyond. Okay, everybody, just one last bit of business with you before I let you all go for the Thanksgiving holiday. Our Engage Digital Marketing News of the Week this week dives into a new category on e-commerce. There's a little known but rapidly growing aspect of the Amazon ecosystem, and it's called a group called the aggregators. These are businesses that buy out Amazon sellers, or as an aggregator, forum brands put it, offer creative exit options for innovative e-commerce entrepreneurs. And there are Amazon sellers who build their brand just to sell it and repeat. So firms acquiring successful brands on Amazon have attracted nearly $12 billion in capital raised. And right now, there are 83 active Amazon aggregators. Most are based in the United States. However, there are a few companies operating in Mexico, Germany, France, the United Kingdom, India, Spain, and other countries. And for more information on this idea of an Amazon aggregator, I'm going to go ahead and get the link up for you. Check out marketplacepulse.com forward slash aggregators. Interesting, right? Listen, here at Engage, we aim to bring you news and trends every single week in the digital marketing world. We've been talking a lot lately about e-commerce, and this is a trend that fits right into that very, very prominent topic. If you're just joining us and you missed today's show, or you think a colleague might benefit from some of Carla's insights, check out our Engage Facebook page. You can find us at Engage on, excuse me, LinkedIn page. You can find us on Engage LinkedIn. Look for the rainbow colored cog and that's N-G-A-G-G-E. You can also email me if you have any questions for our guests or have topic ideas or have a guest that you'd like to refer for one of our future shows. And you can email me at marissa.m at engage.com. 
www.jennifercarter.com. Also, please follow me on LinkedIn for show updates and more for Engage and our Engage Digital Marketing Intelligence Show. Next week, after Thanksgiving, on Tuesday, November 30th, I hope you'll join me at 3 p.m. Eastern to welcome Sam Richter. Learn the secrets of sales intelligence to guarantee more conversions in 2022. Sam is an award-winning author, a sought-after keynote speaker, and he will explain this invaluable concept. I want to thank you all so much. I am fighting a little bit of an illness. I've been coughing a little bit and... um, just want to thank you so much for joining us today and your patience. I hope you all have an amazing Thanksgiving holiday, and I look forward to seeing you back here with Sam Richter after the holiday season. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and continue to be innovative in your digital marketing strategy. See you all very, very soon.